novice to expert, stories and strategies for real estate success. Hey there, I'm Laura Ortega, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me for Novice to Expert, where we go behind the curtain of expert and novice realtors. Are you considering becoming a realtor or are you looking to level up your real estate business? Then this podcast is for you. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing experts in the field, sharing my own growth journey, and we'll learn together how to create habits that produce prosperity and bless others. Whether you're a seasoned realtor or a complete novice, don't miss out on any episodes. Hit that subscribe button now to stay updated with the latest interviews, tips, and strategies from industry experts. Let's go. Episode 7, How to Buy Your Dream Home in DFW. Get ready for an unforgettable episode, home buyers. This one is dedicated to all of you out there, whether you're already deep in the home search process or just starting to dream about your next move. We are going to empower you with all the tools and insights you need to embark on your incredible home buying journey. So buckle up and don't forget to explore the episode show notes for fantastic resources that will guide you every step of the way. The first question. The first question you should ask yourself is, why am I moving? Understanding your reasons for moving will help you determine the features and characteristics you need in your new home. When my husband and I moved from California to Texas, it was for his job, but really it became about so much more. As soon as we drove into Texas, there were billboard signs saying, welcome home. And we really felt a certain peace that this was a place we needed to be. Texas truly became a promised land for us where we were able to buy our very first home, where I was finally able to get pregnant, and where we found incredible job opportunities. What about you? Are you looking to upgrade your house or lifestyle? Has your family outgrown your current space? Are you just looking to shorten your commute so you get more time with your family? Pause this podcast, take a piece of paper, and write down, why are you considering moving? Realtors. Maybe you're not looking to move, but rather to invest. We'll explore this in another episode. Write down why you want to invest. When your realtor meets with you, they will ask you a series of questions to get to know you and your motivation for moving. If you're someone that loves to know what to expect and show up prepared, listen up. I use the acronym LP Mama in my conversation with buyers. LB Mama stands for location, price, motivation, agent, mortgage, and appointment. Let's break that down further. Number one, location. Do you have a preferred location? Are you open to other areas? When we were looking for our second home in Texas, we were really focused on one particular school district. So we were eliminating cities that we thought weren't in this district. It was our realtor who showed us a house in the city that wasn't on our list, but still was in district boundaries. And we wouldn't have considered that house without the realtor's guidance. And it turned out it was our dream house. Your realtor will set up a search for you based on your location preferences and can let you know what is listed or reduced in that area. I've got you. Number two, price. In our initial conversation, this is just a ballpark number just based on your own budget, what you think you can afford. 
And I can connect you to a reputable local lender that will help you more clearly define your price range. Do you remember those HGTV shows where the buyer tells the agent their price range? And then the agent shows houses in different price ranges, but the buyer ends up picking the priciest house or one just outside their price range. This phenomenon can be attributed to the psychology behind home buying. Things like emotional attachment, you just love the house and you have to have it. Competitive market, where you feel this pressure to make quick decisions and overbid. Romanticizing home ownership, fear of missing out, or like in the show, the agent trying to sway you to consider a home that is outside your budget. I really don't want any of these things to happen to you, so that's why it's so important to know right from the beginning. How much house can you truly afford? But at the same time, what mortgage are you actually comfortable paying? Number three, motivation. For me, this question in the LP Mama is crucial. If your realtor doesn't have the right pulse of why you want to move or what exactly you're looking for, they will waste months of your time showing you properties that are not a good fit for you. So I really want you to take your time on this one. Create a list of must-haves, such as the number of bedrooms, location, your budget. It will really help you focus your search. I want you to talk to your realtor about your lifestyle, your daily routine, your preferences. For example, is being close to an elementary school important to you? Or do you have a dog and you would love a dog park nearby? Or are you a shopper and you would love being close to your favorite stores? Four, agent. Are you already working with an agent? Do you need an agent? By the way, I'm with a national brokerage, so while I'm licensed in Texas, I can refer you to top-notch realtors across the country, wherever you're moving. Just ask. I also have an incredible guide, which I'll link in the podcast notes, questions for at to ask before hiring a realtor. I want you to be very discerning when it comes to hiring an agent. Not only do you want someone knowledgeable, but you want someone who puts your needs first and truly does things with excellence. I talk about this all the time, but not realtor, not all realtors are created equal. Once you establish that trust and rapport and you think this is the agent for me, you will sign a buyer's agent agreement, which outlines the terms and conditions of your working relationship with the agent, such as the agent's responsibilities, commission structure, and the duration of this agreement. This agreement helps protect both the buyer and the agent, ensuring a clear understanding of their roles and expectations in the whole buying process. The fifth question we'll ask you is about mortgage. This goes back to the P in the LP Mama of price. If you want to show up to your buyer's consultation really prepared, then get pre-approved with a mortgage company before the meeting. The more info you can provide your realtor and your lender, the more equipped they can be to work as a team and find you your dream home. Really, you definitely want to shop around for the best mortgage rates and terms to ensure you're getting the best deal. Because in the end, you can choose to use that mortgage company you got pre-approved by um, or you don't have to, but that pre-approval letter will be like that green light that shows sellers that you are qualified. Not only that, continue if you have a strong credit store to maintain it and to minimize debt to increase your chances of securing a favorable loan. Be prepared to provide necessary documentation such as tax returns and pay stubs to support your mortgage application. 
If you have outstanding debts, talk to a lender first before paying them off. Because sometimes it's best that they are paid off at closing. And a lot of people don't know that. Keep in mind that a pre-approval is not a guarantee for a mortgage, but it does indicate that you are likely to qualify for a loan based on your financial situation. It's really essential to just maintain that financial stability and avoid making significant purchases like a car or changes to your credit profile during that pre-approval process. These pre-approval letters, I call them gold when you're house hunting. When you're pre-approved, sellers and their agents look at you more seriously. Plus, luxury properties often require you to show pre-approval as well as proof of funds before you can even see the property in person. The last letter of LB Mama is A, which stands for appointment. After the initial buyer consultation, I will go over the home buyer timeline with you and set some dates on the calendar. Well, we're going to meet again, we're going to refine your search, and set up the fun part, showings. I can also set up a customized search using the Multiple Listing Service, or MLS, sending you properties that meet your criteria. The exciting thing is that on my particular platform, you get to give me feedback about what you like and what you don't like, so I can show you more homes that fit your particular criteria and match your story. That is why it's crucial that I get to know your story. What does your life look like so that we can truly find the right next home for you? Actually, there's this big myth out there that you can't start your home search until you're ready to buy. That, guys, is false. In fact, starting your search early can help you better understand the market, identify what your must-haves are, and ultimately make a more informed decision when you're ready to purchase. When we get to the fun part of walking homes together, I actually am very intentional about informing you about each home. Ultimately though, the decision is up to you. You're the buyer. That's why we visit properties in person to get a better understanding of the home's layout, condition, and neighborhood. I understand that this home buying process can be both exciting and overwhelming, especially when trying to remember all these properties that you visited. To help you keep track of the homes you're interested in, I have a few tips. Number one is remember the unique qualities that you see in a home. When you're visiting the property, try to remember like a unique feature or quality about it. For example, if the home has a jacuzzi in the backyard, you could refer to it as the jacuzzi house. Clients have told me that this method is very helpful in recalling all the homes they like the most and at the same time, reducing that stress of trying to remember each property. Number two, and this is a tip for realtors out there too, I recommend showing only three to five homes per tour. This really helps you focus on the properties that truly meet your criteria and prevents that information overload feeling. Number three is that I really optimize the tour route. I streamline the showing process by creating a logical map ahead of time that maximizes our time at each home and includes a coffee run if needed. This ensures a smooth and efficient home tour experience. By following these tips, you can make the home buying process more enjoyable and less overwhelming while also helping you remember the properties you visited. As your realtor, as your buyer's agent, I've got you through every step. During the showing process, I'll really encourage you to focus on the property's layout and condition. Pay attention to the flow of the rooms, the size of the bedrooms, and the over-functionality of the space. 
though the staging may be lovely, most likely the home will not come furnished. So don't fall in love with the couch. Instead, fall in love with the space. Imagine your daily routine in the home. Does the flow of the rooms work for you and your family? As we're walking the house together, I will help guide you in pointing out what I notice if there are any signs of wear and tear, such as old appliances or outdated fixtures, or if even if we notice structural issues. Again, I want you to protect your investment to the best of your ability. And once you've found your perfect home, it's time to make an offer. We'll work together to draft a competitive offer based on local market value, specifying how and when the steps in the purchase will happen. When making an offer, considering the following factors. Number one is comparable homes. It's helpful to sit down with your realtor and analyze the prices of similar homes in the area to determine a fair offer price based on your pre-approval amount. Number two are market conditions. Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? This can impact the offer price and negotiation strategy. If it's a seller's market, it means you will be competing with multiple other buyers for the home. So you want to try to remove as many bears as possible from the sellers choosing you. Make that offer non-contingent if possible. And one thing that I do that's different than other realtors is I get in contact with the listing agent and I ask, what terms are the sellers looking for so that we can create an offer together that is a win-win for everybody. Number three is property condition. You want to take into account any necessary repairs or updates that may be needed and adjust your offer accordingly. Remember that every time you counter offer, it negates what was previously said. So either side can actually back out until after that option period. The option period is that special window of time in the home buying process that allows you, the buyer, to take a closer look at the property and make sure it's the right fit for you and your family. Let me educate you a little bit about this. This option period typically lasts you around five to 10 days, and it can give you the chance to perform inspections, review the property's condition, and make a final decision on whether to proceed with a purchase. During this time, to initiate the option period, you have to pay what's called an option fee to the seller. This fee is negotiable and should not be confused with earnest money. In Texas, for example, option fees are usually a few hundred dollars, but they could be as low as $10. If the buyer decides to terminate the contract, that would be you, during that option period, the option fee would be kept by the seller. During the option period, you can perform inspections, you have the opportunity to inspect the property for any necessary repairs or updates. And that allows you, which I'm really passionate about, about making your informed decision and to figure out, does this property meet my needs or am I going to have to invest a lot of money to fix it? Number two, you get to review the property's condition. You can take your time to thoroughly examine the property and ensure it's in the desired condition. This can help you avoid any unpleasant surprises after closing. And then you make your final decision. If you find any issues during the option period, you have the option to terminate the contract without being held liable for breach. This provides you with peace of mind and the flexibility to walk away from the deal if necessary. The option period is a valuable tool in the home buying process as it allows you to take a closer look at the property and make an informed decision about whether this is the right home for you and your family. 
by understanding all these things about the option period and working very closely with your real estate agent, you can make the best decision to find your dream home in DFW. Many agents will step away during this time and they'll let you figure this out on your own. They just want the commission. But I, on the other hand, I take my responsibility as your buyer's agent very seriously. I make sure you understand exactly what should be done during the option period. So you will do your due diligence and you are not blindsided after purchasing the home because you didn't get a proper inspection. We actually, we have this phrase in real estate, which is caveat emptor, which translates to let the buyer beware. It's up to you as a buyer to perform your due diligence before making a purchase, because guess what? The seller is not responsible for any issues or defects in the home after the sale. Now that you're armed with this information, you can now decide on contingencies. You decide on any contingencies you want to include in your offer, such as home inspection, appraisal, financing. Let's explain that more. Contingencies are conditions that must be met for the purchase to go through. And these can be, again, crucial in protecting you as a buyer's interests. Let's dive into that. One is the home sale contingency. One common contingency is a home sale contingency, which means the buyer's purchase of the new property is contingent upon the sale of their current property. So you have to sell your home in order to buy the home. This contingency can be beneficial if you need the proceeds from your current home to purchase a new one. However, it can make an offer less attractive to sellers because it adds that layer of uncertainty to the transaction. Just a thought. Number two is a financing contingency, which states that the purchase is contingent upon the buyer securing a mortgage or other financing. This contingency protects the buyer in case you are unable to obtain the necessary funds to complete the purchase. It's essential for you as your, as the buyer to work closely with your lender and make sure that you have a solid understanding of all your financing options and the likelihood of securing a loan. Number three is a home inspection contingency. This is a really common one. It's a clause that allows a buyer to have a property inspected within that specified time frame, the option period. If the inspection reveals significant issues, the buyer can negotiate with the seller to address the problems or even walk away from the deal without losing their earnest money deposit. This contingency is crucial for protecting your, as a buyer's, interests and ensuring you are aware of any potential issues with the property before completing your purchase. The next one is appraisal contingency. The appraisal contingency is another important aspect of the home buying process. If the property does not appraise for the agreed upon price, the lender, they might not provide the full amount of the mortgage, leaving the buyer responsible for the difference. This is so important to factor in. And in this situation, we can work with this. The buyer, you can negotiate with the seller to lower the price. You can come up with additional funds or if you need to, walk away from the deal. When dealing with contingencies, it's essential for you as a buyer to work with your realtor to negotiate effectively with the seller. This could involve adjusting the sale price, closing costs, or other terms of the agreement to make the offer more attractive to the seller. By working collaboratively and maintaining open communication, both parties can reach that mutually beneficial agreement, that win-win situation. 
When you make an offer, you can also offer earnest money. Earnest money is different than option fee because this is a deposit made by you, the buyer, to demonstrate your intent to purchase a home. It's also known as a good faith deposit, and it's typically 1% to 3% of the sale price. The purpose of earnest money is to provide the seller with compensation in case you as a buyer have to back out of the deal without meeting the contract's conditions. When the buyer, you, make an offer on a property, you usually pay this earnest money deposit within one to two days of your offer being accepted. This money is held what's in called an escrow account until the sale is finalized. If that deal falls through due to a failed home inspection or any other contingencies that we mentioned before, that these contingencies are listed in the purchase agreement. You as a buyer get your earnest money back. If the sale goes through, the earnest money contributes to your down payment and closing costs. Finally, come the days you pray over, home inspection and appraisal. After your offer is accepted, you definitely want to schedule a home inspection to identify any potential issues. Also, your lender will require an appraisal to ensure the property's value supports the loan amount. Just so you know, home inspectors are not advisors. They are not allowed to advise buyers on whether they should move forward with a purchase. They are just providing an objective report of their findings, allowing buyers to make their own conclusion. With appraisals, let's break that one down. An appraisal is a professional evaluation of a property's value. It's conducted by a licensed appraiser, and it's typically required by the buyer's lender to ensure, again, the property is worth the amount being borrowed. Think about the trade-off, right? If the appraisal comes in lower than the agreed upon price, the lender may not provide the full amount of the mortgage, leaving the buyer responsible for the difference. I just want to emphasize that one more time to be careful about your offers. In such cases, you have a few options. You can negotiate with the seller to lower the price to match the appraisal value. You can come up with additional funds to make the difference between the appraisal value and the agreed upon price. You could walk away from the deal, but you won't lose your earnest money deposit because of the appraisal contingency. So let's summarize that. Both the home inspection and the appraisal are crucial steps in that home buying process. They help protect you as a buyer's interest and ensure a more secure transaction. By understanding and effectively negotiating these aspects of the process, buyers can make informed decisions about their property purchase. During this option period, remember, you are also going to finalize your loan. You're going to work with your lender to finalize your mortgage, including locking in that interest rate and preparing your closing. Here's some key aspects to consider when finalizing a loan. Number one, review your loan documents. Before signing any paperwork, carefully review all aspects of your loan agreement to ensure it aligns to what you agreed to, names are spelled correctly, information's correct. The Federal Truth in Lending Act, or TILA, requires lenders to provide written disclosures, including the annual percentage rate, or APR, finance changes, charges, and the amount financed. Your lender will outline your closing costs and your loan estimate. Closing costs are typically going to range from 2 to 5% of the loan amounts, but definitely read those documents. Make sure to have those necessary funds ready for closing day. You will also receive the closing disclosure, and this outlines the final terms and costs of your loan. 
This is very important. It should be sent to you three business days before your closing. You need to review that document carefully and compare it to that initial loan estimate to ensure there are no significant discrepancies. If there's something that's wrong between the two, please let your realtor know. Sign in the paperwork. Once you have reviewed and understood the loan documents, you will sign the paperwork. The closing loan package typically contains between 80 and 120 pages of documents, depending on what loan program you're using. You have to make sure, again, the signatures match the loan documents exactly. And then after signing those documents, the title company will send your loan package back to the lender. The funds will be dispersed to the appropriate parties and the title will be transferred to you. During this time, again, I'm gonna emphasize again, avoid major life changes. It's essential to avoid any significant life changes that could affect your mortgage application, such as changing jobs, opening new credit accounts, or taking on additional debt. On closing day, you're gonna sign all necessary documents, pay any closing costs, and receive the keys to your new home. I wanna brief you again so you know what to expect when it comes to closing day. First of all, you should request a formal walkthrough of the home 24 hours before closing. During that walkthrough, you need to check all required repairs have been made, the home is in the agreed upon condition, and that the seller has completely vacated the property. You don't want a squatter in your house. On the closing day, make sure you bring copies of the paperwork you received or signed throughout the home buying process, as well as two forms of ID and the payments you will make. During the closing process, you will review and sign all your loan documents, which could include a deed of trust or mortgage, the promissory notes, the closing disclosure. Ask your title company any questions along the way so you know exactly what you're signing. Honestly, you're going to feel pretty famous because it feels like you gave 100 autographs through that stack of paper. If required, which most situations do, you will need to provide documentation of the homeowner's insurance and inspections during the closing process. Again, as your realtor, I'll make sure you get that. You'll provide a certified or cashier's check to cover your closing costs. You will get specific instructions from the title company about how to make the payment. So make sure to follow those instructions exactly to ensure a smooth closing. Once all the papers are signed and the closing is complete, you'll receive the keys to the property and that home is yours. I love to celebrate my clients because this is a big accomplishment. You're officially a homeowner. By understanding all this home buying process and following the tips in this episode, you'll be well prepared to find and purchase your dream home. Remember, patience, persistence, and working professional realtor are key to successful home buying experience. I can't wait to partner with you in finding your dream home in DFW. Remember to check out the resources in the show notes to help you. You've been listening to the Noms to Expert podcast. If you're interested in partnering, want to share your own experience as a realtor, or want to sell or buy in DFW, DM me at lauraortega.realtor on Instagram and follow for content that uplifts and empowers you to become a real estate expert.